Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money, and now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome to today's program. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You know the old proverb, give someone a fish and they eat for a day? Teach them a fish and they eat for a lifetime. Well, that may be an old Chinese proverb, Italian, a Navajo product, proverb, or whatever, but regardless... Who originated it? That's not the importance, but today's thought is it's been the mantra for the Memphis Leadership Foundation from the beginning. And today, it's hard to imagine Memphis without Streets Ministries or Memphis Athletic Ministries or Christ Community Health Services. But in 1987, these were all ideals that had not yet been realized. Today, these organizations and other ministries all over the city trace their roots in one way or another to the Memphis Leadership Foundation. Well, my guest today is Executive Director and CEO of Memphis Leadership Foundation, Dr. Larry Lloyd, and Ramsey Clark, the Director of Development. This ministry has had such an influence on so many lives in Memphis, from training and empowering urban grassroots leaders to providing the back office services to nonprofits. That's Larry and Ramsey's heart. That's what they want to do, help the partners that they've become so involved with. This ministry has and is continuing to have an impact on Memphis and Shelby County. Also with me today is Rob Clement. He's here to discuss concerns pertaining to elder care. Just what is elder care and why is it important? Well, according to the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, it is estimated that in 25 years, our senior population will double from today. And that's a lot of seniors. So bottom line is, it's important for us to know about it. From our Did You Know files, the Commerce Department just recently completed a study of our spending habits in the United States in January of 2020. Here's what they found, and you will be surprised. Maybe not, maybe not. From For the $530 billion of retail sales nationwide, for every $100 spent on clothing, so for $530 billion that we spent, $100 spent on clothing and shoes, you get it? All right, here it is. The average American household spends $198 on gasoline stations. I get it. $296 for grocery stores and another $299 for restaurants and bars. We may not be dressed up, folks, but we know how to eat. There's no question about it in the United States. Well, here's a thought. This is some data from the Federal Reserve Bank in St. Louis, and this is talking about the trade deficit, 67% of the United States, in the United States, 67% of, value, of the value of automobiles built in Mexico is made up of foreign components imported to Mexico, into Mexico. 74% of the 67% or 50% of the foreign components that are imported into Mexico are from the United States. Now, here's the thought. Is a Me- If a Mexican-built automobile is shipped into the U.S., the entire cost of the vehicle is counted as an import of the United States, in spite of the fact that 50% of that automobile were made from parts in the great USA. 
let me ask you, do you, if you, you know, can you do this with me today? That's really serious. Kind of, I wanted to get you to focus with me just a second. Keep in mind that we need to be praying for all of our friends in the Nashville area and the surrounding areas that have suffered from the tornado, especially for the families that have been lost, that have lost their loved ones. Just pause with me and let's just say, let's just pray for them and say that God takes care of them through this tragedy. Just be sure you do that throughout the day. Coming up, Dr. Larry Lloyd and Ramsey Clark of Memphis Leadership Foundation and Rob Clement of Shoemaker Financial. We'll be talking about elder care and elder abuse. That's our subject. What are the potential pitfalls if you need care? or if you are a caregiver. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9, and I'm Jim Shoemaker, and this is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securing Financial Services are affiliated with Larry Lloyd. The views and opinions expressed are those of Larry Lloyd only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securing Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome back. I am talking with Dr. Larry Lloyd and Ramsey Clark of the Memphis Leadership Foundation. And I, guys, welcome to the program, first of all. Oh, thanks for Thank having you us. Thank you for having us. Well, guys, there's so much going on. I don't even know where to start because I think I really want to say that I feel like if there's a lot of ministries. But, Larry, I've known you a long time, and you have continuously touched and built and provided service and guidance and leadership to a lot of ministries. And I said in the monologue, there's a lot of ministries in this city that have been touched by your ministry. Your ministry has this kind of a foundational mindset, a mission statement that says equipping and empowering grassroots urban leaders to transform lives and communities in Memphis. That's where you started. Yeah. So in 1987, there were uh, three leadership foundations around the world, Pittsburgh, um, uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, Philadelphia, PA. And when I was in California finishing my doctoral studies, I, I wanted to see uh, what, what, what were the models of how you love an entire city into greatness? How do you, where everyone can thrive? And so I discovered Leadership Foundation in Pittsburgh. And so we were the fourth to get started. Now there are 42 of us around the world, Africa, India, Central America, and the U.S. And, and Memphis Leadership Foundation is the largest of all of those. And so what we do, we basically do three things. We find grassroots leaders who have great ideas, entrepreneurial, social leaders. I got it. And give them uh, basically an, an on-ramp and bring their ideas into fruition. Uh, not unlike venture capital, although we don't have any money. <laughs> it's, it's an idea. We get people around that idea and we bring it to fruition. Uh, the second thing we do is we build the capacity of these leaders. Uh, leadership training, organizational management, and back office support, administrative support. So many of these le- young leaders are so passionate about, like Rachel Haga, who is rescuing women out of sex trafficking with Restore Corps. Uh, she has a passion for that, but not necessarily the X's and O's, uh, accounting, HR, all that stuff that, you know, nonprofits are businesses too. And there are administrative uh, realities with the IRS, the state of Tennessee, uh, and compliance, uh, and so we handle that on their behalf. And then the third thing we do is we engage people of faith and goodwill to love our city well. For instance, back several years ago, Mayor A.C. Wharton uh, asked us to uh, manage the 901 Block Squad, which is a gang intervention program. So we work with the city of Memphis, the Memphis Police, 
and ex-gang members in order to alleviate gang and uh, gang violence in our city. So we, and just this last weekend, we had over 200 people of, of faith, people of goodwill, business, civic government, universities come together for our urban summit to talk about economic equity and thriving in, in the workplace. So we had panels, we had people talking about how, uh, you know, how what, what makes a good employer, what makes a good employee, uh, how can all of Memphis thrive in the workplace since God ordained work for us to do. And so uh, engaging people of faith and goodwill around some of these particular issues like juvenile justice or economic equity. And you, you mentioned that proverb of you know, teach a man to fish and eat uh, for a lifetime. That really, the first time I saw that was with uh, World Vision. It's on their wall in their headquarters. Uh, John Perkins, who's uh, one of my mentors who just turned 90 uh, and, and the founder of Christian Community Development Association, CCDA, says what's even more important, who owns the pond? Mm. So that's economic empowerment. Teaching someone to fish is 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 uh, betterment, but owning the pond that is uh, owning a business and having assets that you can then distribute to others in need is owning the pond. And so when we talk about economic empowerment, we're talking about more than just teaching someone to fish or giving a fish. It's what Michael Rhodes, a good friend of mine who who um, uh, I work with uh, with Miff Center for Urban Theological Studies, another nonprofit we started in, 19, in 2000, uh, he talks about the soup kitchen versus the potluck. A lot of us are all about soup kitchens, handing someone soup. It's easy. It's quick. Uh, it, it gives you some sort of uh, internal uh, feel good. But what we really want is a potluck where everybody brings their own dish to the potluck and we enjoy it together in community. So we really like that metaphor of mm. the potluck versus the soup kitchen. That's a, that's a great metaphor to it. I think that's a key. If you just tuned in, my guest is Dr. Ram, Dr. Uh, Ramsey. I just kind of stepped you up there good. I'll take it. <laughs> that's the way it goes sometimes. Dr. Larry Lloyd and Ramsey Clark from the Memphis Leadership Foundation. We are talking about what they're doing. This has been around since 1987, so we're not talking about something just started. You have a board of directors of 23 people. Mm-hmm. The very, uh, they're very uh, cohesive, very organized, very very diverse. Very diverse. Mm-hmm. They're um, they're they're dedicated to the ministry. That's right. And the key being is that it's it's kind of this whole thought process that you are not just. It's not that you're birthing ministries. Ministries are coming to you seeking, as as basically the name says, Memphis Leadership Foundation. You're really providing a lot more than just a pat on the back and That's right. you know go do it. You're tell us what all you do help a ministry do. So uh, there's a new program that's just about to come under our umbrella, and we'll we'll help get uh, started. They've already got an idea. They've got already got a, an advisory board together. It's called uh, Triple Aim. And as you as you may know, there are forty to forty five thousand opportunity youth in Memphis, and that is a, a coined phrase that uh, denotes um, uh, young men and women between the ages of sixteen and twenty four who are not out of work or in a low paying job and not in school. So it's forty five thousand uh, in Memphis opportunity youth, and we have an employment problem. Folk, employers can't find employees, but we have a workforce that's just dying to work but are disconnected from uh, school and disconnected from work. And so Triple Aim is a is uh, uh, t- targeting that population between 18 and 24, and their aim is to provide a residential cohort-based system uh, where these young people live like in a college environment, away from the, as 
uh, Mike Donahue is the founder of this, uh, away from what he calls uh, things that happen in life. Your car breaks down, your girlfriend doesn't like you, your mom's in the hospital, and so you, you don't finish your school at Southwest or at Moore Tech. Moore Tech and Southwest uh, Community College, they, they have a plethora of programs, certification programs with good-paying jobs if folks would just finish it. And it's free. It's free. Uh, Governor Haslam made that free. So the idea is to put uh, to, to use a cohort model, which we know that works, a community-based model, where 12 students go together through a, a certification program like welding or a machinist, and then there's good-paying jobs, and there are businesses that are willing to provide scholarships for these young students so that they can uh, then have, create a pipeline for really good-paying jobs. And there's, there's, there's uh, all sorts of need out there that businesses cannot find good employees to fill. What is, what is Leadership Foundation doing then with this, I mean, for that organization? They'll come, uh, they'll, they'll come under our umbrella. We'll do all their back office until they get a 51C3, which is the IRS designation right. for nonprofit. We'll continue to provide their back office. We're basically giving them a platform to create this idea okay. that's legitimate, and, and, and because we're credible— uh, they're associated with us, which gives them the kind of credibility to to, to move forward from an idea uh, to the real thing. That's so important, I guess. I want the listeners to understand when you use the word credible, you're not talking about just, you know, you don't um, you're not just a credible guy, which you are. This is really providing the the framework for the entrepreneurial visionary, in this case, Mike Donahue, the, to step out and know that he's got the back office taken care of. That's right. So he can, uh, he can go about creating the curriculum, and we can help him with that, the strategic planning that goes, in, goes into this, finding a residential uh, apartments or whatever close to Southwest or more tech, um, getting the students, enrolling the students, all the stuff that, uh, you know, the grassroots stuff that it takes well, we do all the provide all the administrative support that he doesn't have to worry about that. He doesn't have to do the counting. He doesn't That's do right. the the IT, which is enormous amounts of work that can sometimes keep a ministry from really getting off the ground. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of ideas like like a business. I mean, how many right. small businesses fail? About seventy five percent. And a lot of it are great ideas, but they never quite get to fruition, never get to scale. I'm going to ask this question, and I, I, I don't really, I don't like asking questions I don't know the answer to, but I don't know. How did you see this? Where, what did God do in your heart? Because, I mean, you're, you're an entrepreneur. You're, you're a visionary. You, God has touched you in so many ways from all the different things that you've had. It's such an impact in the city. How did you see that as something that was such a need to be provided? What what God do, do to you to get you started? Well, really, start, I, I was with Urban Young Life for 12 years, six years in Orange Mound, and then six years in Los Angeles while I finished my doctoral program at Fuller Seminary. And working with young people, get, you know, I was first introduced to Crips and Bloods and the whole crack thing hit in, in L.A. in 1981 as soon as we moved out there. And so we would evangelize young people, disciple young people, and then as they turned 18, what happened? And so what I began, you know, involved with the juvenile justice system, the police department, job creation— and I realized that to really take care of young people, you had to look at the whole system and the whole city. You couldn't just look at evangelism and discipleship. You had to look at, at uh, the work ethic. You had to work, look at employment. You had to work with juvenile justice, criminal justice system. And so the idea was there were leaders doing that sort of work. You know, my focus was young people. But there were folks that I knew that were doing work in these other areas, but they were disconnected, under-resourced, 
And usually ideas fail within two or three years. So the idea, and John Perkins is really key in this for me, who is still my mentor. He said, Larry, what you need to do is find those grassroots leaders with the education that you have and the connections you have is to take those grassroots leaders with ideas and bring them to maturity. Oh, that's great. That is, that is absolutely super to understand it from training and empowering the urban, the grassroots leaders to providing back office services to nonprofit partners. You mentioned Mike Donahue and this, this idea behind the 45,000 youth, what you called opportunity youth. Mm-hmm. That to me is an enormous project. And you're going to be providing the back office there. Ramsey, I want to ask you this question. I know as a result of that, that you've got some needs. There's some things that are going on there. I'm going to come back to Larry and talk some more about that. But but you've got some some real financial needs as a result of that, just stepping into that, not just that one, but all the other things that are going on with Leadership Foundation. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, currently we're pretty well maxed out. Uh, we're handling back office for about 30 um, uh, institutions, nonprofits, and uh, and those that we have uh, created ourselves. So in order for us to take on additional organizations, nonprofits, uh, and handle their back office and give them uh, the portfolio of services that I came from the corporate sector, these services are more attractive, uh, less expensive, than you get in the corporate sector. So it's a real benefit, but um, we're, we're maxed out. Yeah. It takes a certain number of accountants to handle a certain uh, number of uh, um, uh, uh, organizations. organizations. Larry, did you see that 10 years ago? Did you see this need blooming and, and just, I mean, growing when it, like it's growing? No, it really was 2000. And, uh, you know, after uh, I came back to Memphis to start the foundation, I also started the Christian Community Foundation, right. which is now the largest Christian community foundation in the in the nation. Just They just topped uh, in giving away $700 million through donor advised funds. Then I went to Crichton College for four, uh, five years to try to resurrect that, and then came back to Memphis Leadership Foundation in 2009. It was, one of, it was a nonprofit that we had helped start and spun off to a 501c3, because we used to not do the back office mm. for all these organizations. Uh, they came to us with a, um, an IRS uh, judgment against them because someone failed to pay payroll tax. Uh, because, you know, you got to do that. IRS doesn't, doesn't like when you don't pay payroll tax. When you don't do that, it's not a good thing. And that's when it dawned on me that they just didn't know how to do that. Uh, they, they had a, uh, I hate to say it, they had a jackleg bookkeeper, a bookkeeper that just wasn't taking care of business. And, it's, you know, when it came to the end of the month, either pay your staff or pay the IRS, they paid the staff, not the IRS. And, of course, you do that a couple, three months, the IRS comes knocking. That's right. So we were able to uh, uh, you know, put together a payment plan with the IRS on their behalf, and that's when it became apparent to me that, you know, this is something we can do for this nonprofit and others who are doing great. This was an urban youth ministry doing a phenomenal work. They have grown leaps and bounds. But they could have they could have been shut down. Well, they would have been shut down. I mean, basically, yeah. the IRS said you you can't pay. Almost, almost lost their building and the whole deal. And then it occurred to me with the, the rising cost of health insurance. Well, my goodness, we can. So we're a multi-employer welfare agency. We can provide health insurance if we do your back office 
and do it at a, most of these nonprofits had no health insurance, no 401k, had no idea what that really was. And so we were able to help put all that together. So they have a retirement plan, a health benefit plan, and we are able to do that on behalf of these nonprofits. And I think people, if you're just listening, Dr. Larry Lloyd Ramsey Clark, Memphis Leadership Foundation, I mean, I, you can't imagine Memphis without street ministries. You can't imagine Memphis without Memphis Athletic. I mean, the big one is Christ Community Health Services. You guys, you have played such an inter- instrumental part of that. And I think the key is, is that these organizations and ministries can trace their roots back to you. But you're, I mean, Mike Donahue, as you said, is just starting, and you're still, and you're providing something that, Ramsey, you said, expensive, but it's first class. You're doing the job that you need to do. When we come back, I want to know specifics, and I want us to be able to let our listeners know, what can we do? You know, Romans chapter 15, Paul very specifically says, well, I'm going to Spain, I'm going to preach. But he's taken a gift down to Jerusalem, to the saints in Jerusalem, because they've lost their homes, they've lost their houses. I mean, their homes, their houses, they've lost their land, they've lost their jobs. They So there's two Christian things he's given us the example. Go preach, go be the minister, go do the ministry, but take care of those at home. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is exactly that. What an example, what an example that Paul gave us, what an example that you're giving us. When we come back, I've got Dr. Larry Lloyd and Ramsey Clark, Memphis Leadership Foundation. We're going to find out how you can be very instrumental in continuing to have the impact in Memphis and Shelby County. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, my guest is Dr. Larry Lloyd and Ramsey Clark. They are from the Memphis Leadership Foundation, and we're talking about the impact, the the thought and the process of a ministry starting up and getting, you know, going and running full force and the vision, the energy, the impact, everything that's happening, and all of a sudden to realize that they have to provide a back office, they have to buy internet, they have to provide health care. These are big, huge roadblocks, and a lot of ministries, as Larry very eloquently spoke about, told us about, the reality is they they end up failing because the back office becomes such a drudgery, such, a, you know, the details of being, a, and a lot of times it's just because they're just not equipped to do that. And Larry, I so much appreciate that you have been such a part, and you described it as as a result of having a ministry that it was struggling with stuff, and you walked in, helped them out. You have that ability. So now, give me, tell me, what is it that when you talk about this new ministry that's going to take these underprivileged youth and take them to the next level? I am so interested in that, and I know when you start adding all the other ministries that you're providing for today, just exactly how many is that, by the way? Uh, it's 14, 15 under our under your uh, umbrella, and then another twenty nonprofits. A nonprofit yeah, that we do. So you're office. so you're busy <laughs> yeah. and with a lot going on. 
But now tell us the need. Tell us exactly what you need. Okay, so here's what we need. Uh, if you're out there listening, how you can be involved, because involvement is the key. No one ever, no one ever uh, got their life together because of a program. It's always because of a person. And so uh, for, the, for Opportunity Youth, we need mentors, uh, financial planners, financial literacy. If you're an employer, we have a reentry program for ex-offenders. Uh, that is cohort-based with six men and a, and a shepherd. Uh, we have four or five companies right now that are working with us, and these men are, are moving from prison to a, a, a sustainable wage and life outside of the uh, four walls. There are 7,000 returning citizens or ex-offenders coming to Memphis every year, and without a job, they're going to go back about 65%. Our, retention, our recidivism rate back in pri- uh, with economic opportunities is less than 10%. So we need employers. Uh, we, if you want to work in the area of sex trafficking in terms of uh, intervention, uh, we need uh, mentors with these young women in that uh, ministry called Restore Corps. Um, if you want to teach, uh, if you uh, can teach, if you can speak English, you don't have to speak Spanish. We have several programs of teaching young immigrant children, particularly from uh, the Latino community, to uh, learn English along with their parents. And we have a refugee program, uh, refugees from Africa, India, uh, or uh, Central uh, Asia, Southeast Asia, also in an ESL class with our refugee empowerment program. In other words, we have needs for hundreds and hundreds of volunteers who will take some of their precious time, which is our most important commodity, more important than money, uh, to, uh, to teach, to tutor, to mentor, to, uh, to do financial literacy, teach uh, basic, uh, how, do you, how do you put together a family budget, uh, as well as board members. Each of these ministries that we have helped create are looking for good, solid board members. So there's a number of ways for you to be involved other than uh, just writing a check, although writing a check, we'll talk about that, too, because we our overall budget is about nine million dollars uh, and about 80 percent of that comes from individuals like you and me. OK, now that's important for people to know. Write this down if you're listening, if you're not driving. OK, <laughs> it's the telephone number seven, two, nine, two, nine, three, one, seven, two, nine, two, nine, three, one. Or you can email Larry at Larry at MLF online dot org or r ramsey or, or just ramsey at mlf online dot org ramsey man i so much appreciate you but you you know your task is just a major task you're the development officer for memphis leadership foundation that means you've got that awesome responsibility of being collecting the money as paul did and taking it down to the saints in jerusalem yeah absolutely yeah, and I appreciate that, uh, Jim. So I see it as a privilege. Uh, uh, you know, it's certainly a responsibility, but um, I uh, volunteered in the inner city for 40 years, my entire adult life. And uh, to see the smiles on the faces of uh, youth when a mentor or a coach, I coached a lot, um, shows up and uh, um, just encourages them. Uh, my job was always fine. My corporate job was always fine. But what really kind of got me going was, was working with uh, the youth. So um, 
yeah, we uh, we just uh, there are so many needs out there, but we we see results. We, we do, and I can sense your passion. So, if we were to want to put it into a bucket today, we're going to do it step by step. How much money do we need to do to step you guys to the next level when it comes to the back office, material, the the IT, all the things that's got to happen for you guys to continue to do what you're doing? You've hit a wall. And that wall is going to begin to crumble if we don't get it patched up and built up. Right. So tell me specific the numbers. And I want everybody listening, write the number down. You are a part of that number. If you love Memphis, this is something that is this is an organization that is having an impact in Memphis, not just started, been doing it for a long time and has tremendous results to show for it. What's that number? So I'm gonna throw out there. Uh, I'm not really involved with the back office as much as others, but um, I'm going to throw out a number of 600000 that it costs us to run that back office. To run the back office. To run the back office. And I'll defer to Larry if um, he has a different number, but, but um, that's really, he and I split the fundraising piece of it, and then the back office tries to match what we take in to make us whole. I got it. So six hundred thousand dollars, and they don't. I want everybody to understand when you're touching. You said fourteen ministries under the umbrella, and I don't know how many you said for five hundred uh, twenty. Twenty, 20. nonprofits. So, so this is a this is the Memphis Leadership Foundation. Dr. Larry Lloyd and Ramsey Clark, they've got a need today for $600,000 to continue to do what they're doing. Now, guys, I don't normally do this solicitation type of thing, but this is about a ministry. They're not about to close down. Don't don't listen that way. That's not what we're saying at all. The key is they've got opportunity to expand, and some of you have the opportunity to be, as Paul was, taking the gift to the saints in Jerusalem. If you want to talk with them, please don't hesitate to do that. That telephone number again, 729-2931, 729-2931, Larry at mlfonline.org, and Ramsey at mlfonline.org. Guys, thanks so much. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, thank you, Jim. We'll be back in just a few minutes with we got great guys going to talk about elder care, and Rob Clement's going to be with us. Don't forget to call these guys. Don't forget to send them something. This is important for our city. If you love Memphis, you want to do this for our city. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is a true testament to the power of promises. As a struggling young actor, Danny Thomas made a vow that he would build a shrine to St. Jude, the patron saint of hopeless causes, if he ever found success. After hearing a story of an African-American boy in the South who died after a segregated hospital refused to admit him, Thomas decided to fulfill his vow by building a children's hospital in the South. At the urging of Bishop Samuel Stritch and in partnership with Dr. Lemuel Diggs, both of whom had strong ties to the Mid-South, Thomas chose Memphis for the site of his hospital. After establishing the American Lebanese Syrian Associated Charities in 1957, Thomas saw the opening of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital five years later. 
Since that time, breakthroughs at St. Jude have increased the survival rate for the most common form of childhood leukemia from 4% to 94%, making St. Jude a recognized leader in the treatment of cancer. St. Jude has saved and improved the lives of children from all over the world, and it all began with one man's act of gratitude. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large-cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, I was talking to Dr. Larry Lloyd and Ramsey Clark. We were talking about Memphis Leadership Foundation. Well, I'm pleased to have a guest with me now that's going to talk about a subject that whether we like it or not, it is a subject that we're all faced with. Whether you're dealing with your parents that happen to be older, aging, or you are an older aging parent or whatever, you happen to either be the caregiver or maybe you're the one that needs the care. So welcome to the program, Rob Clement. Good morning, Jim. Boy, what a great start to the program oh, this morning. These guys were great. They're just dear friends and doing a phenomenal job. Let me start with this, though, Rob. This is a subject, you know, it's amazing. People don't think about it, but I, I mentioned earlier that we had this enormous increase. You know, you're talking about doubling as far as this, in 25 years, this aging population, we're seeing that happen. And so I need to kind of get this sense from you. What do you see as the issues for caregivers? I mean, this is a big deal. Well, goodness, everywhere we turn, we've heard about the baby boomers coming on. And now the baby boomers are maturing as far as age-wise, and uh, and it's being able to have the proper care for those baby boomers. And, uh, and a lot of times what we have to watch out for in this elder care area is the, uh, the potential of elder abuse, too. So uh, hopefully we'll have a few minutes to chat about that. But the, uh, the biggest area is this that... Uh, uh, being able to educate people, educate people on how to take care of their family or other loved ones. I know seniors are living a decade longer right. than they used to. I mean, I know this. When I started in the business 40-some-odd years ago, the reality, if a person could get to 65 and retire, you know, if I got them to 72, 73 with their dollars, they were fine. Everything was going to be good. 75 with somebody really old. And today, we're planning today with people living to be 90, 92, 95. And so they are living much longer. And as I said over the ne- over, I said earlier, over the next twenty five years, we're going to see this doubling of this group of people that are over sixty five years old. So when you talk about that, I mean, there's so many statistics that you know that say that that you got medical spending is going to go up. You got non Medicare spending. I mean, it's not Medicare covered, so you got to spend that. And then you got the Medicaid spending also that you're going to see that's going to be an issue that's going to be. But when you talk about caregiving, I know the thing that you really do hammer along. It's just paying attention to that senior citizen. Talk about that for a second. Well, there's all types of degenerative diseases that happen, and uh, and sometimes we just don't have our listening ears on and through our eyes are not watching for those particular diseases. And they can show up as simple little things as forgetfulness and short-term memory, or they can show up as, uh, I, uh, I, I don't think I've ever done this before. And you start getting feedback from that senior and that loved one that you're caring for or listening to, and you just begin to tune into them. 
and uh, and be sensitive to what maybe his or her needs are out there. And uh, and the needs, uh, like you had mentioned earlier, uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, the medical community has brought us longer lives because of breakthroughs in medicine and uh, and procedures for us, but it also is uh, with that longer lives come the uh, the decline in our own cognitive reasoning. You know, I, I was talking recently to a group, uh, did a presentation for a group speech, and we're talking about retirement and the reality that if a person's retiring and they have something that they're going to, they're right. not they're not retiring and doing nothing. Uh, it's better. I mean, from an emotional standpoint, if they have nothing, it said 40 percent. This was out of the Economic Research Institute that said 40 percent of the people retiring uh, would have some clinical depression the first year to 18 months after retirement. That's a huge number when you think about it. And I've seen that. We've talked to a lot of people about it. Tell me some examples that you've had where I know you talk about this cognitive awareness beginning to diminish, because that's what the doctors were saying with this research institute, that people that suffer from clinical depression can lead to being cognitive impaired. Right. Well, I I really like the way that you started this conversation, because uh, what I've seen with folks that are about to retire uh, is that they don't have anything to retire to. Uh, oh, yeah, they may think that uh, some type of sport or some other type of uh, activity that they have going on is going to be helpful. But may, that may fill an hour or two in any week or maybe a couple times a week. But going in, just like Larry and Ramsey were talking about, when you start giving back, that's really where you begin to see that you are feeling more satisfied as an individual because uh, I think God makes us to be givers and not takers. Uh, you're exactly right. In reality, in the same study that I was reading, it said if a person volunteers after they're retired 200 hours, just mm. 200 hours, it improves their literally that person's retirement, their mental capacity, their, their involvement, their well-being. So let's talk about this now. We're talking about an elder person. you got to be the caregiver. What should the caregiver be looking for? I mean, so we've talked about clinical depression. Okay, I get it. We talk about if you're volunteering, it's going to make you have a better well-being. But what are some of the bigger issues that you see that you say, okay, be sensitive? And you mentioned this degenerative diseases, and we talked about that. But you've talked about just just, just people. Give me some examples. Well, commonsensical things happen. Uh, let's just take stacks of mail. All of a sudden, you see... Well, goodness, they 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 haven't opened their mail in quite some time. Okay, don't go there because I've got some. Uh, okay. I hear you. I'm but, kidding. Yeah, I, I actually do have some mail on my desk, but that's because Francis is not there. Uh, exactly, uh, and uh, we know what Francis' role is is critical for sure. But but it is, it's, and in that stack, there's usually unpaid bills, and uh, and then there's other things that have short deadline times that they need to reply. And uh, particularly, let's let's look at it from an age group, uh, 65-year-olds. As people approach their six, 65th birthday, what do they get? They get just bombarded with Medicare opportunities. And so there's a need to have clarification and not confusion. 
Let's get that. You know, I read something the other day that said 65 years old is the new 40. Exactly. Yep, I love it. They also said that 12 o'clock, 9 o'clock was the new 12 o'clock. I got <laughs> that, too. So tie, tie it all in. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of these other things that to look for if you're beginning to see signs that you may have. And, I, you know, we've got some questions today, too. I want you to talk a little bit about the volatility in the market and what you're going to tell people to do. We're glad to. We'll talk about that. But when we come back, we're talking about what are some of the red flags that elder you need to be looking for when you're talking about either financial abuse or just the care you need to be giving if you're going to be the caregiver. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. I'm talking with Rob Clement. We're talking about a very, very sensitive subject, especially if you happen to be the receiver because you may not think you're needing it. But we're talking about when do you become a caregiver for that senior citizen that may be showing signs of just needing a little bit extra. So I've asked Rob, what are some of the red flags that the elder person, that person needs to be looking for, or the caregiver who needs to be paying attention. He, of course, he talked about earlier large piles of unpaid bills, or not even you didn't say this, but I know it's in your notes here. So I was going to, yep. you know, not having Go enough ahead. money to pay for their food, and they've just spent the money other places or Medicare cost, or I mean, medical cost, and that's a big deal, isn't it? I mean, that's something to it be really is. Yeah, yeah, you see that quite often with people that. Uh, uh, you, you would think that you know they've handled themselves well with finances, and then you find out that it looks like somebody pulled the rug out from under them. They're you know they just haven't handled their finances. This doesn't well. come like off the you know like you fall off the cliff and it just happens. You know no. like on Monday they were great and Tuesday they couldn't answer the telephone. This is a very slow process. You've seen that where you, where you've got even the spouses. And by the way, what about the person that's in denial? Oh yeah, that and that happens uh, to that spouse, like you were mentioning. Particularly, uh, I recall having seen that happen at our at our own client base with uh, with an individual that would drive up to the office and uh, didn't have an appointment, which sometimes is okay, but repeatedly came to the office and did not know uh, that he did not have an appointment and. We would uh, call his spouse, and they would say, oh, uh, they just want to come over and visit. Well, that's great, but there is a, there's a point where the, the spouse begins to deny that something's going on. And, you know, that's tough. I mean, I'm yeah. sure if, you're, if you have a either child of something, seeing your parents do that, that's a very, very sensitive, very tough position to be in, that you're having to go and talk to mom or dad about maybe we need to help dad or maybe we need to help mom or mom, we're going to start, start and they may or may not receive that as right. the way you, you're intending it to yeah, be. Yeah, and and it's so difficult because uh, you do. That, that word denial is so critical because people just will deny that something's happening. What are the, who should they be talking to then, Rob? If should they, where, I mean, you've got a problem here. Let's just go back. I mean, we had a case where, you know, the mom was talking about this and going through this, and then it was the son-in-law that was the problem. The daughter was not. And so you get all this. What do you tell them to do? Well, first of all, uh, we try to give them wise counsel from a standpoint of being able to um, 
get themselves organized and understand uh, all the aspects of what's going on within the family, uh, and that is the focusing on the financial aspects of of how and where the money is and who's responsible for it. But then there's also resources in the community that we turn to. There's the Family Safety Center, and uh, and that's a that's that's a great center. It, it could be you can go online and see that at the familysafetycenter.org or you can call a local Memphis and Shelby County number and this is more when you begin to sense there's abuse going on uh, and uh, and that happens and it kind of seeps in there and a lot of times abuse comes from a family member uh, and or a trusted person that is watching over a family member so the uh, the Memphis and Shelby County number for that number is 901 222 Four four zero zero to uh, to call the local Memphis and Shelby County Center there. So now you got the Family Safety Center right. org, mm-hmm. and then you've got the local Memphis and Shelby County. You call them if you since there is abuse, and that's two two two. 4,400, That's important for us to know. Now, Rob, let's go back. I want to make sure everybody's listening. Those signs that you're looking for, the signs that could be presented. You talked about large piles of unmade bills. Unpaid bills, maybe not having enough money for food or medicine. And then, you know, junk mail. I hadn't thought about just seeing tons of junk mail, but that's a sign. Anything yeah. else that you think that is important that our listeners need to say, I need to pay attention? Yeah, the uh, just in, in their place that they live, uh, if they're in a home, uh, is the home being unkept now? Uh, is the grass not being cut? Is there not any uh, things that, whether it's a oven or something that they use for an appliance that's needing repair, and uh, and they just aren't doing that, and so uh, and that usually leads to looking at them physically too, from a standpoint, are they are they not taking care of themselves from a if it's a lady wearing cosmetics uh, and or a gentleman that has let his hair continue to grow and has not, or as fingernails, or are those types of things, just natural things that you see, this has not been kept the way it should be. Well, the bottom line is just pay attention. Absolutely. Pay attention whether you're the caregiver or you're the needing for the care. Pay attention to what's going on. This is so important in today's society that we need to pay a lot of attention to this. And I appreciate so much, Rob, you being here and just sharing. And I hope we've opened up some minds and got some people sitting, you know, talking about it. Absolutely. And it is, it is all around us all the time. So just keep your eyes open. All right, man, I appreciate it very much. You've been listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. My guest today, Dr. Larry Lloyd, Ramsey Clark. If you'd like to reach them, their office number is 729-3931. Rob Clement, you can call him at 757-5757. We hope that you've enjoyed today's program. And as always, it's a big thank you for listening. To To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. And be sure to like us on Facebook. Don't forget, pray for our friends in Nashville, those that have lost loved ones, those that are going through all the cleanup and the things they're doing. Pray for them. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Thanks for listening. This is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. 
Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.